Welcome to episode two of the Not So Safe Space. How's everybody doing? Excellent. Pretty good. Good. Okay. In light, or I should say in dark, of what everything that's happening right now within the Black community, I felt like it was very necessary to kind of go this route and address a lot of questions that questions and concerns that people have. Um, me and Zafia, we saw on Instagram that someone said that the goal of the Black community shouldn't be to move out the hood, but to buy back into the community. How do we feel about that? Say that again, I'm sorry. Um, Someone said that as as a Black community, the goal shouldn't be to do get successful and move out the hood but the goal should be to get successful and buy back into the hood how do we feel about that statement uh i don't i don't feel like they're completely wrong honestly yeah but at the same time i don't fully agree because i feel like those certain areas especially like where projects are you notice how there's like a higher prevalence of like liquor stores uh gambling places fast food restaurants like I feel like those those areas were meant to keep us down. So why not move out and then create a better place somewhere else? Like why buy back into that place where they made they made it for us to stay mm-hmm. in? You feel me? But at the same time, I see what they're saying. I don't. To like take ownership. I don't think that they're completely wrong because it's the same thing that other races do. Like you know, white people they come into a neighborhood, they'll raise prices and this, that, and forth, and change it to their own. But they came by choice. Yeah, but I mean, you can even look at the Jews. You can look at the Chinese. We didn't they choose what they to have. <laughs> they, they they round themselves up. They stay in that community and they build it up to what the hell they wanted to be. Jews have their own neighborhood. They have their own police force. I mean, they have they their were... own type of transportation. So I don't completely believe that they're wrong in that sense but it is easier for us to just you know abandon what the fuck we're we were we were growing up in and just to take the opportunities from somewhere else something that's already been established before we got there you know what i mean I just I don't know I'm just really on the fence about it because I feel like you know when you compare our situation to those of Jews and like other ethnicities where they create their own community they came and created that community we were systematically put in these communities why would we want to stay there like why would we want to come back and like, yeah let's reinvent it and make it better for ourselves like I get what it. I feel it's is like of, sometimes I, yeah I guess there. not every individual is the same but from looking at it a lot I feel a lot of um, African Americans that actually try to rebuild their and stay in their community and try to flip or you know just build up what they know, what they you know accustomed to. It's either that they're just comfortable and they understand the environment, or some of them just want to show out, you know, and show people that they can actually do what you know others can. Right. You know, so. Exactly. Yeah. I guess it will really all determine. Uh, all determines like. Well, depends on the individual and what their goal is. Yeah, that is true. Because I feel like one big impact of of these neighborhoods is the living space, the peas. Like, Mm. if you come back and you add all these great stores and all these great things to the community, they still living in the projects. Like these apartments, Mm -hmm. they have lead pipes, lead in the paints. Like they're old, run down, pee in the stairwell, and stuff like that. Like, it's just. 
and the way the buildings look, it looks like prison buildings. Like, why would you want to, you know, come back and put the pretty things around it to make it look better? Like, right. take the, people deserve better than that. Like, they deserve to be in a nicer living space than that. That's why I feel like I'm on the fence because, yeah, we could come back and show everyone in the hood, like, you could do it too. Like, right. look, I'm a business owner. I'm putting this supermarket here. I'm putting this that third here. But that that's not really helping them. Like, that's just providing them places to spend their money like depending on the business that you open of course like some of these projects they're in food deserts and stuff like that where they can't access fresh quality like foods and stuff but certain people they come in the hood they open a nail shop <laughs> a beauty <laughs> yeah because they know it's gonna sell like, you know you know they're gonna make something off of it and they know that's what the community likes the problem is i feel like people people who do have black owned businesses they have businesses that don't benefit the community. Everything is clothing, right. hair, nails, anything cosmetic mm-hmm. or like workout related. So if you want to say buy back into the community, I need you to be more specific on how. Because I'm sick yes. of seeing like, it's not, Vic mentioned it earlier. He said, you can buy back into the community, open up a deli or whatever it is, but that's not helping the community. You're just getting more money off of the black, the already poor black community right. in mm-hmm. itself. The only way you're quote unquote giving back to the community is when you pay taxes on that store you own. So tell me how is it benefiting? Tell me which ways it benefiting? Because yes, you can say you know it's taking, it's taking back, you know, space land from these white people we don't got to give them you know our money we're just giving it to ourselves okay i get it that is a very strong point because they don't like us but they love our funds right, you understand exactly. mm-hmm. but it's it's very difficult to say that that's something that you would dream of or want to do when some of the things that we have we destroy ourselves like you mean to tell me yeah, they systematically put us here, but didn't nobody tell us to piss in the hallways? Didn't nobody tell us to throw cigarette butts all over the front entryway? Didn't nobody tell us to do graffiti and vandalize every building truck that we can get our hands on a can of paint in front of? Didn't nobody tell us to do those things and make it run down? Nobody told us to shoot up these places where you can still walk by them 10 years after the shooting and still see the bullet holes all in the place. Nobody told us to do these things. So you can buy, I can open up a beautiful storefront for a finally a good, healthy food choice in the black community. But who's to say it's not going to get shot yeah, up? Exactly. Robbed, so that's, that's probably why they, they, they keep it the same because way. They just know it's right. typical. It's like it's going to turn into this regardless of the matter. So why are you even trying to fix it up? But it's sad, you know? That's just that's the sad. Part. It's sad because I want to see right. my community thrive. I want to, but the problem has to come from something else, not from a store I can put, an awning I can put up that says hashtag black owned. Mm -hmm. It's not, the problem is not going to come from that. You know, you can get as successful as you want to be, but if you stay in the hood, you make yourself a target. They're going to see you driving that new 2020 Lexus or whatever it is in front of your your house that you're trying to make look better, you know, on an old deserted block. Or a rundown block. You the only house that got these beautiful, big, antique-looking doors, or whatever it is. You think somebody not gonna think to rob you? Get your son, get your daughter, get your wife, whatever it definitely is. Definitely will. They definitely will. And then if you open up the store, they think you got money anyway. Yeah. 
and it's sad because it's like you you leave which means you're abandoning your people but if you stay how many days you got left but the, a, a lot of it what, what i realized is like a lot of other communities um such as like asian and uh like all the different type of nationalities besides the black i just feel like they open up their stores but they don't even stay in the same community like i know a few people that live all the way up here mm-hmm. in west in west new york uh, west new york westchester new york and um <laughs> they're, all, they're all the way down they may have their own companies all the way in queens and why are you so far away mm-hmm. you know what i mean like i mean i, I see that it's smart but not to be you know like we said earlier though you know don't don't live where you eat or whatever the saying goes you know don't stay too close to what you're trying to build because just like oh if you said people are going to see that you're doing good and they're going to try to attack you so it's like i feel like the it, it's an up and down because like should you do you feel who feels that they actually if you build in the community if the community you just came out of should you be rebuilding it staying and living there or should you move out somewhere else i feel like that's i feel like there should be some type of distinction between mm-hmm. the community and its physical aspect and actually mm-hmm. putting us there and the people within the community because i feel like a lot of times the reason why people do things is because of idolized right, culture right. like for example when people right now people listen to what nba young boy six nine all these are like all these rappers who glorify violence and uh you know gang banging and just a bunch of like things that don't define who we are but yet other races are quick to use that as a stereotype mm-hmm. against us so i feel like the fact that we're, we're kind of like grouping it all together i feel like it's gonna create some blurred lines because at the same time yeah you know people are disgusting they do xyz they put graffiti they pee in the stairwell they put cigarette buds and they got guts mm-hmm. and da, 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 da. but at the same time the i feel like the individual's behavior can't can't account for you know the whole community if that makes sense mm-hmm. and it wasn't always like that i will say right well you know these projects have been around since what the 70s 80s probably even back to the 60s and things you know times were very much different i'm pretty sure yeah they had their gangs they had their graffiti and stuff like that but it wasn't as prevalent as it is now so i feel like the reason why the projects are there where they are specifically and why they look like that is because they were trying to put certain people in there yeah let's keep it a bug and the way it's evolved now i feel like it's the way we treat well the way people treat those things that they have it's it's different from the reason why you know the community is there and why we should either get out and create our own or stay and reinvent it i feel like if we stay and reinvent it yeah it's like we're not forgetting where we came from and stuff like that but at the same time it's like trying to put glitter on something going on a trash bag like i I just don't see the i don't fully I i see it but like i don't fully see the need to stay in that same position and want to get out because I mean and not want to get out because yeah I could come back like y'all said earlier I could come back and yeah look at all this money I got I made from going out there and doing this that and the third da, da, da. but what made you want to get out there and do that this that and the third why would you want to come back to that why would you want to encourage other people to stay in that that's why I feel like we should move like 
compared to other communities like the Jews, Chinese, da da da. Like any you you, you like it's, it's so fascinating for me to see like these other ethnicities, these other cultures just you know congregating in different parts of the boroughs and stuff. And it's like wow, this is really beautiful. Like I wish we could do that for ourselves. And I wouldn't want us to turn something that was meant to disenfranchise us into something to you know make to put you know put us on a higher pedestal no we should go out and create our own thing forget them like i got a question so what would you you create like i feel like if you had that opportunity i all the time i fantasize about us just like like black people as a community just going to I, I i can't tell you the exact location but like just if Did we you had say money africa? no not africa i just mean like a, just a separate part like that's od come on we <laughs> how are we gonna look but anyway so i just feel like we we could would to be able to like go somewhere probably you know not even we don't even need to leave the state or the borough like fuck it like let's just go walk a few blocks up and start buying brownstones and recreate that's that true we don't our, the main brownstones are in bed and then park slope right um and there it is mad nice the area yes, is beautiful yes like, yes 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 but i feel like if i was given the opportunity to do something for my black community it's very the out the main outlet for black kids for us growing up is sports not just for the physical aspect but because we the more we have the how can i say like we all know sports practices be taking like three four hours take you up the street the more time we spend on practices the less time we got roaming the streets getting into stuff you know, a lot of times we are angry at home from single parent home, struggling at home, doing this, mm-hmm. um, struggling in school, whatever it is. We go to practice. We channel all that anger elsewhere. We channel it back into the sport. We channel it back into that physical aspect instead of actually fighting and getting crazy, go through things. But it's hard to do that because they we don't have access to the kind of rec, upscale rec centers and stuff like that that these kids that grew up in these suburban areas have. And if we do have them, you got to pay like these expensive memberships to them and things like that. I would want to have a open up a very nice rec center, like a club fit sort of situation for But, kids. you know, in Ori, yeah, that's, that's a great idea. But I really feel it comes down now to you open that type of thing up, that type of um, community up for people to, to go towards. But now you have to think about the people that's kind of come to the you know come to the spot now that's all in i feel it's like the people yep it all breaks down to the mentality of the whole environment you know what i mean because now you have um john and you have james all them dudes that's going to come to this nice facility that you just spent mad money and spend mad time building and now they're coming in and they're going to wreck it up so that's the thing it's just like I feel that. No, but I'm going to make it like it needs to be something you work for. It needs to be a privilege. In order for you to come here for free, you got to show me proof of good mm-hmm. grades. And you have to still be currently, like, you have to still be currently in school. You have to show proof every quarter. You have to show proof that you are maintaining good grades. And 
you know, you're clean. There's no suspensions. There's no detentions. Right, none of that. Somebody's always like, trying to mess it up. Young that's kids. that's what like I always think. I always feel like kids. somebody's always out there to just mess something right. that's good up. But I feel like there should also be an opportunity for those who were already messing up, because oftentimes they don't. They once they start, it's like, oh, here he go. Like there's always that one kid in school. Y'all knew that they was when y'all go to school, they was gonna get into some argument with mm-hmm. the teacher. They was gonna get sent home. That's true. And once you create that dialogue for them, that narrative for them, you force it on them. They don't. They doesn't give them a chance to change, to become a different person. Just give them the opportunity, and you know, who knows? They might. Take it. So how do you feel? Great influences, and you know, turn that stuff around. I feel like they deserve an opportunity. So how do you well. feel about me offering a program to? Okay, you show me. Let's say you got all sixty straight down your report card. In order for you to, you mm-hmm. can start. But in order for you to stay, I gotta see you at least have a seventy-five the next time you come around. After that, you gotta have mm-hmm. an eighty. Yeah. But the next time you come around. Yeah, see, exactly. That that would be perfect. I mean, as long as you're giving them the promise to show progress, that's when it's perfect. Yeah, and it's realistic promise. Yeah, I'm not going to say go from a 60 to a 95. Like, no, that's crazy. That's not going to happen in one marking period. Mm -hmm, Exactly. And to have that, just those small stepping stones where they could look back and see the difference in progress that they made it makes a i'm pretty sure it'll make a whole lot of difference and now all of a sudden they're looking into other things like oh what, what college should i go yeah to? i want to like, continue playing what, ball what career am i interested in right exactly like just give them the opportunity and i'm sure you know they'll want it but the thing is i don't know it because all right that's you know for the kids but Right now, we have, you know, kids from our generation. Like, let's say we're, we're speaking hypothetically right now. Like, you had the money right now to go ahead and open that sports facility that you were talking about. The kids of our like generation so, would be the ones I would employ yeah. to work at this facility. This was actually one of my first jobs. I actually was working in a, um, a sports uh, like a club. Um and it, w- it was really impactful, not just for me as my first job, but just seeing the community, like everybody coming to play, you know, in a tournament, knowing that, you know, they got their best friends that's on the opposite team. And, you know, and just they, like you said, they challenging, they challenge, challenging their energy, channeling their energy towards the game instead of like going outside. And, and this is like in the back, the worst neighborhood, one of the worst neighborhoods in the Bronx, the South Bronx. So like just seeing everybody coming in, it's like, just entertained by just young black folks just doing good on a team it's it's really you know empowering so i think yeah definitely does. i feel like this is what really needs to be done in, in this generation because a lot of things are just channeled to the negative so you know you got to bring something and it starts within your community mm-hmm. so let me ask y'all a question what are the ways that you feel that we are further hurting ourselves beyond what has oppressed us in our past? I feel like it's, it's, uh, you, y'all ever heard of like, oh, we the new slaves? I'm pretty sure y'all heard Kanye say that. I feel like yeah. the, our past oppressions have, are like reemerging in different ways because we're 
trying to run from looking poor and having these extenuating circumstances that you know make us not have money and stuff we run in the direction of oh let me get money so i can get the flyest jeans so i can have this uh ferragamo belt and ah uh, ah uh, ah uh. and it's like you you have all these things but you still live in the peace like i'm not trying to like downplay you like you of course you have the right to, you know you want to feel good about yourself you want to dress nice but it's like you have thousands of dollars worth of shoes in your house and you didn't want to put that on as a down payment on a Household, they don't even help their mother pay rent, right. but want to be walking around like you know, yeah, you like barely have food in the refrigerator. Y'all buying Chinese food all the time because y'all ain't got food in the refrigerator, but you got this expensive <laughs> yeah. two thousand dollars. It's a shame they, how much they, people spend like their whole check on this country. Like yeah. they want these permanent diamond grills, they want these chains, they want their wrist iced out, they want diamonds on their pinky ring, and it's like, but did you even like? Yeah, makes you know. Can you read a book? Out yeah, and, and like <laughs> in like two days, actually. Let me hold. Let me hold a dollar. Let me hold this. Let me hold that. But you got the flyest kicks on. Don't make no sense. Mm-hmm. Three hundred dollar jeans, right? Oh, don't forget the <laughs> right. About, like, I'm broke, yo. I can't even hop on the train. Like what, bruh? Because <laughs> 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 like, what I think is, we're so because we're used to not having money we're so obsessed with the with the ideal the idea of trying to make it seem like we do have money so you grow up in a house where it was just you know both even if it's a two-parent household because we got to stop pretending like just just single mamas be having mm-hmm. it hard or single dads be having it hard mm-hmm. sometimes you could grow up in a house where both your parents are there and present but it's still hard to make ends meet so you try to front and act like you do got money oh yeah we this we living like this we living like that and you go out and the first thing you do with money because you're not used to having money you don't know what to do with money is spend it on clothes mm-hmm. that's exactly what it is just to come sit up just to come sit up in your 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 bunk bed with you and your little brother <laughs> right exactly Ooh. exactly mm-hmm. and I, you know and that's it's, another it's, reason why i feel like you know it's it's something that's impacting our culture as well because it's like these like the main source where these people are becoming influenced by these norms is like it's tarnishing like people's priorities and what they value like why is it that you're comfortable living like that like and and it's not it's not it's not to discredit those folks you know that actually do those type of things but it's just to yeah of course brighten you know brighten your sense of like your priorities you know you got to get them in order Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's more so they don't really know right. they don't really know better so it's just like that's what they're I don't used know. to I feel whether like it's you... their parents doing it or your friends doing it so i mean people are easily that's influenced mm-hmm. so i mean so i mean it's the easier way of doing some shit just to gain some cool points or to gain some mm-hmm. cloud or whatever the hell it may be because you ever thought to yourself like yo we do yo it's a lot of money in the hood let me just say mm-hmm. that let's stop pretending yeah. like the hood is poor, poor. yeah that's why all them we got all these drug dealers scammers mm-hmm. mta workers rns because lord knows every almost every household in the hood got a registered nurse mm-hmm. that work up in there that's like the most common thing that you know people go to school for that's a fact the problem is we get all right there's a lot of Section 8 in the hood, and there's a lot of affordable housing. So when people start making more money, they don't want to move somewhere where they got to pay more rent because they want to keep their money for stupid stuff. 
that's an unpopular opinion, but I'm gonna just say it because this is not so safe space, right? <laughs> I'm gonna just say it because that's just, I've seen that firsthand. It's not for everybody. It's not for everybody, but I've definitely seen people be like, "Oh well, my rent only eleven hundred dollars, and you know, I make like five thousand a month. Why would I want to move somewhere where I get to keep most mm-hmm. of my money here?" Mm-hmm. It's true. It was, uh, I know people. But that's, that's. I feel like that's also from a perspective of they don't see the wealth in where they live. Like some people, they're like, you know what? I don't really like living here, but because it's so cheap and because I can spend money doing this, that, and the third, I'm gonna stay living here. But if you think of it like I'm gonna pay top dollar to live in a nice crib where you're you want to pay rent. That's like, top exactly that top dollar is ensuring your mm-hmm. safety. And it's like y'all, you deserve better. Everybody deserves better. Why don't you see it for yourself? I feel like it's also maybe, I don't know, like, I don't know, man. Because it's not only is it like frustrating because I'm definitely not trying to bash nobody, but it hurts. Like, because I feel like we deserve so much more. We can do so much more. Right, and it's rude. I feel like it's like why is this? Why are we letting them win? You know, like. Not only the people who are trying to press us, exactly. like, 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 let's just sit down for a moment and just be like, yo, we're trying to impress each other and we fall in the same spot. I wonder who, I wonder who started this to make like, it be like, this is the correct norm, like, right. like, where does this stem from? Listen, I can't tell you. I just, it's, it's a drug yeah, deal. Yeah, I was like, just though. thinking I that. feel like once the, once the, once there was this big overflow of drugs in the in in the in our communities dating back to what the fifties and got even worse in the eighties. You have these drug dealers that got more money than they know what to do with and they stunting and got every kid looking like, yo, I wanna grow up and be just like him. You know understand what I'm talking about? Like EG fast not because they wanna not because they wanna be successful. Not because they want to be big and strong. Nah, they see that money rolling and they see the girls. They see the cars. They see the clothes. They see that respect yeah, factor. That's what they see they have in the community. That's all, they, that's all it is to show. Like he said, you know, like just said, you know, that's what, you know, they don't know much better because that's what they're around. That's true. I feel like if you if you ever like watch movies from the nineties and stuff like that, you'll definitely see like how people for example I don't know if y'all ever seen it, but um like a while ago I was watching the Wu Tang series, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, mm-hmm. one of them mm-hmm. they I don't I'm not gonna say names because y'all probably not gonna know who I'm talking about, but he I watched those. So I you know this. how Divine, right? He got up out the hood, he was making he was making his dose, selling moving his, his drugs or whatever got his family in a nice house like he was trying to be yeah positive. exactly like even his little brother that he was giving money to the old lady that was like watching all the kids on the block and stuff like here you know get y'all some snacks and stuff like that and then when you come when they come back they got their little velour suits they look fresh they look clean they look like they got a couple of dollars i think that's where it started like of course you know they got their little money they're gonna look good but they also give it back to the community but i feel like somehow maybe in the transition of the early 2000s it got it the you know the the value of it just switched from giving back to the community to just wanting to look fresh and wanting to you know place your values into materialistic things rather than investing in your community or even getting yourself out the hood improving your credit score like you know no they don't even know nothing about about 
you you want to know how many kids in the hood don't know what mm-hmm. what the heck credit was? I didn't even know how credit worked until my second year out of high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, me too. Yeah. Well, damn. Like, it's it's a. It's I didn't know how to write a check until I got into college. I still don't know how to write a check. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not gonna hold you. I ain't never wrote a check a day in my life. <laughs> damn. I mean, like. But I, I think that's also that's a question the, of our public the school system. system. I didn't go to public school. It's just the school system mm-hmm. that have our people in it. That's what I see. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's all it is, honestly. They don't teach you about none of that stuff because they yeah. don't want you to be. But speaking of credit, I know that in in other communities and other households, they are creating like they're looking out for each other. You have these white parents who are like who will open up their kids' credit cards and be paying their credit cards from 15, yeah. 16 years old, so that when they graduate from high school. They already have this perfect mm-hmm. credit, everything like that. We're not doing that for our children. That's because I think I feel like some of our parents didn't even know about that. So my mom sure did. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm saying yeah, I'm. You so know, would you say it, it's we lack financial literacy? Do you that, think financial yes, literacy has an impact on you know our decisions and you know what we buy and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Yes. Because I do feel like, you know, on the one hand, it's the prioritizing and stuff like that. But then again, you know, like you said, it's us not even knowing, like, what it would be. Yeah, we would actually put your money into. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, mm-hmm. And, you know, the, you know, people could actually go out and look for this information, but I guess they just choose not to because I guess you can't look into something you don't know about. I don't know. But. Right. Well, now it's you different. Can't. You definitely could look like, um, you know, it's definitely, but you know, I feel like nowadays it's so easy to just like look something up and you know figure out a few sentences about something. Like, is it there? Maybe don't want to. Like, you know what I mean? It's not appealing. Like, it's not attractive. It's, it's not you know, it's not what you hear on BET. So it's like it's not something right in the forefront to like, oh, that's what I should be doing. That's cool. That could be it as well. You know. Everybody's not right. Like they should, but... but regardless, I'm a very strong advocate. Like I preach where you from, I say with my chest out. I you know, like I feel like there's a lot of benefits in growing up in a better community. Yeah. It is. For instance, like I feel like talk, sister talk. Go ahead. <laughs> I feel like I wouldn't have the instincts I have or the wit I have if it wasn't for yeah, my really. community. I mean, you're not wrong. It's a hustler's mentality we have yeah. coming from where we come from. So, you know what I mean? We're cut from a different cloth, whereas if we go into another environment in New Zealand <laughs> or whoever the fuck may, may be, they don't have the same <laughs> said Dylan. They ain't got the same mentality we do because, I mean, they were they were coddled at the end of the day and they were protected I mean you can't really blame them because that's just right. where their parents put them in the but position I have of a question. being so right. we just we didn't have that and, but it's not even just the, the mental part of it like you come into these communities where 
they can't relate to the block parties. They can't relate to the court drinking the quarter juices What's that? on the stoop with the fire hydrant cr- <laughs> cracked open. You know. Excuse me. Right. They don't. It's it's just playing manhunt in the projects. That was dope. But the thing is, I feel like you know what I'm even saying? if we weren't in a battered community, we could still play those games. We could probably play those games without having to worry about you know certain violences happening on our block. Like, why? I, I, my question is, why glorify the battered community? We could still be great and be beautiful and have these beautiful aspects of our culture without it. And I feel like it's not necessarily glorifying it. It's just more of being grateful that we've able that we were able to make a good thing out of a bad thing. A lot of thing. people weren't. I mean, it's being glorified now to be fucking alive after that's, twenty years of a black true. man or but a black I feel, boy, Wait, so. that's right. that's different. Right. I feel like it's that's not necessarily. A aspect of a conversation no. no i'm just relating it to it's not necessarily mm-hmm. like glorifying the fact that this shit is actually happening it's just being grateful that you are one of the few to mm-hmm. actually make something out of nothing be to turn lemonade into out of lemons you know what i mean so i mean in the same breath you should still be hungry in the same breath you should still want better for yourself it's, but I it's mean, you still deserve a pat on the back they wanted us to they wanted and want currently us to be so much against each other so that when you think about everything that you've done in the in the battered community that was within unity you know it it's something to push in their faces yeah i can do that in the suburbs but i'm doing it intertwining with other other cultures not that it's a bad thing but it's always good to be like yeah i we, we hung out in this black community together. We shared juices in this black community together. We've cracked the fire hydrants open in the black community together. We have did the double dutch tournaments in the middle of the street and block, you know, blocked off the, the intersection together as a black community. We blasted the music as a black community. We shared the, uh, the that one uncle that grew up for everybody on the, on the avenue. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> we did that. That's why it's glorifying. Glorifying that we was able to in some instances, do the exact opposite of what they wanted us to do. They want us to constantly be fighting and killing each other, but there is some times where we're not. We we can't sit here and act like there's days, there's not days that go by when it's not a huge, crazy, violent crime happening. Mm-hmm. You know, as bad as it is, it's not Iraq. But but that's that's the thing. It's so much televised so that's what people really think that's what it's all about that's the sad part yep that's what they want to show that's what they want us to be looked at that's the media for you on the fucking horrible note have you guys ever directly been affected by your community like a specific scenario that has happened that made you feel like it's not just about the general aspect of it. You know how they say, oh, it's not safe here. Nobody's safe here. Da, da, da. But we're talking for everybody. Has anything ever specifically happened to y'all? For I mean, me, in my in my experience, to, to, to sum it up, I mean, I've had bad and I've had good. For every bad occasion, it's been a good occasion. So I can't really give you like a like a one set blanket for the hood as it is like i've been i've been robbed before i've been beat up before 
but I've also had somebody pay for my shit. I've also had, you know, older ladies or whatever that, that'll look out for me. I've also had people that are just like, you know, you know, you have a good day, so it's that and the fourth. I've always I've had good I've had like right, right. I've had good shit and I've had bad shit. So every good the good thing that's happened, something bad has happened. I mean that's just life at the end of the day. So I wouldn't not say. necessarily something that's affected me, it's just a layered Yeah, like layered yeah i can't say i had anything bad happen to me because like um, I, yeah, I was I protected just in, like, i was protected actually happened to me specifically um but i will say like i've been around things that happened like i've been across the street when a police officer got his sh- his face shot at like I've been outside when people was running around with machetes and stuff like that. Like, in these moments is what, like, of course, turned me off from the fact that, oh, I really don't want to look anymore. Like, I'm yeah. being surrounded by these people who gun-toting, slicing people and stuff like that. But at the same time, on those sunny summer days where I'm in the park and I'm smelling the iron from the swing set and I hear the ice cream chug and there's the fire hydrant down the block and there's kids laughing and it's just like, ah. This feels good, you know what I mean? Like, like you, like yeah. Justin said, yeah, like true. there's the good and then there's the bad, and you know it is dependent on how you look at things and how you choose to live your life. But I would say, you know, that it's it's not necessary for the bad to be there, you know. <laughs> like, why can't it just always be good? But you know, that's life. Um, I was directly affected by it. Um, when I was in junior high school. I lived in East New York, but my school was in East Flatbush. And at the time, my dad was um, working school safety at my school. And, you know, we was having a Halloween party and I came, I came up the stairs and my dad I came up the stairs, no, I came down the stairs and I came out to go out the front door because I was looking for my dad. And this boy ran up to my dad and like, and was like trying to have a casual conversation with him, but I felt it was mad weird, like it's random as hell. But I later noticed that he was trying to have a conversation with my father in order to like protect himself that kind of basically like have a or have a witness there like hoping that maybe if the boy that was chasing him seeing him talking to a school safety officer would kind of deter him from from hurting him mm-hmm. you understand what i mean but what wound up happening was the boy still came over and sliced the boy's face from the left side of his lip mm-hmm. all the way up to his hairline and his face opened up and the blood like splattered out on my front of my father's shirt and I just remember him turning around and telling me to go back inside and shut the door but I can never get that image out of my head and it was all over one was blood and one was crip because if you ever been to if you ever seen Winthrop the front of Winthrop faces like the fifties. That's my hood. And the left into the left of Winthrop is the nineties, basically. So it was just you had Crips and Buzz going to the damn school. And it was just but you're so young. 
we're so young. This junior high school. Everybody's between 11 and 14 years old. Some, something not similar, but something happened to me you like know. that when I was in, um, I think I was in high school. So I have my little, I have my little um, cousin. He's about mm-hmm. like six, and I was about like, uh, how old was I? I was sixteen. I'm ten years old. So he was six. I was sixteen, and we, and we, I live in, I usually live in the Bronx, and my block is a dead end block. So that's that's the block, you know, that's the corner that we all used to hang out, play football, basketball, whatever, you know, manhunt, everything. Everybody did that on that block. So we don't really. Um, connect with other people on the other blocks or dinner streets but this dude came by and this was right dead in front of my house i lived there for about like 13 years he came right out he the guy came out drove up the block going type slow so i'm like i'm looking at my boy mike i'm like yo what's, what's these guys doing going mad slow and then he just gets the guy stops in the middle of the street gets out has a baseball bat in his hand and first thing first initial thing was i was like get my cousin out the way because that was like my son so i grabbed him mad quick and dude lifted the bat started wailing my oh my guy mike in the back like like pounded his back out i was like yo that's crazy and i was like on the opposite side of the road when because i'm like trying to move my cousin over so as um as he started like pounding his back out picked him up and just went inside i'm just like yo this is really wild like this is what the block is really turning into you know like the, the area that i've been living for so long like you have no beef with nobody around the area like you know, i don't know what's happened and then like two three weeks later so it's like the good side and the bad side of like what affects you in the environment in the environment i had like two i had like two pennies like jokingly in my pocket you know and the ice cream truck came around and I put the two pennies on the ice cream truck. And I was like, yo, give me whatever you can give me for this. Joking around as a kid. He's like, all right, I got you. He gave me two, uh, uh, two boxes for me to share on the block for everybody ice cream for two pennies. I'm just like, you know, so it was like, yeah. <laughs> so you get the good and ugly you know, at the same time. So you, just, you get you get stuff to actually build you for, you know, lessons of just like, you know, the two pennies could mean could, you could t- convert that into saying like you know just try put your money and you could make something out of it you know what i mean like put your money somewhere good you never know and just share it to the community right. it's only two pennies but i was actually to have all my friends like... have some ice cream with me so you know is this how you really see the community uh, see your life that's a fact though that's like i remember yeah. growing up like in canarsie i used to live on east 81st street between flatlands and glenwood and when we had oh, that the blackout back in 2003, it was <laughs> so dope. Like, you know, everybody brought out like their, their like portable grills that you ain't need no like pro like mm-hmm. propane. They just used their charcoal. Mm-hmm. Everybody was like, because the freezers was off and stuff like that, because the power was out. People was bringing out their meats to hurry up and cook before they went bad and. Mm-hmm you know like all the fathers and stuff like they park their cars mm-hmm. in ways that nobody could get past so that all the kids can just here. run around freely without worrying about getting hit by cars and stuff like that and we literally just like we broke day two days in a row you know just being outside just having so much fun and like i still have pictures from that day and i'm still friends with the girls that i was still friends with you know as a little girl 
in elementary school and we talk about that day all the time but we had a lot of days like that growing up in the community um so it's not that it's like like you said mm-hmm. good things do happen a lot but that is so unnecessary um But I do have to ask the next question, and that's in what ways did the generations before us pave the way for the tragedies we face today? And what I mean by that is there's a lot of things that they set in place, either with stereotypes or bad habits or just a mentality that's not that's not beneficial to us as a black community at all for instance it's such a common statement for black fathers to say to their sons like oh don't be sensitive man up you men don't cry men can't do this men can't do that and that's precisely why we have these angry black men running around here now who don't know how to handle their emotions. The first time they get into an argument, they want to back out of a a gun and Mm -hmm. shoot somebody. Because we are the reason why these black men don't know how to communicate, how to channel their feelings elsewhere, how to be something better. Yeah. They get into the slightest little inconvenience. Mm -hmm. They're flipping. Like, they going off their... I think that's all based on the environment where you, like mostly either your household or lack of a household you know um you're right it's uh, me grow me as a father right now um my son just turned seven and you know he gets he gets his little angle in his angle times and he's screaming with his, his sister and stuff like that but um i feel that how I, how I want to raise my child, how I'm raising him, not how I want to, how I'm raising him is to understand that, you know, you can get mad, but every time you get mad does not mean that you have to react and show that you're, you show aggression, you know, show aggressiveness. And like, in other words, like he doesn't have to scream at his sister. He doesn't have to start throwing things. Just calm down i always tell them like talk things out express your, your emotions let me know what's going on you know you might be mad at something and gonna tell me but if you enraged i can understand that I, I can only i could see what's going on how you feel but talk it out like as you're talking it out to me you could work you he's working it out you know what i mean he can understand and i feel it's because of right. how you placed in the beginning you know like it has to be not just now that we could confront each other as adults and let them know like how to channel their emotions it also begins with how you were raised as a child like you're gonna adapt to something and you're gonna continuously do it so you have to we have to know how to and that's the thing people are hard to change you know as you get older you're hard to change so you have to get that from the ground up and i think it's very important it is very important I also feel like we don't do enough to try to change. We often hope that right. the next generation figures it out. Like, oh, I'm doing this, so 
it's up to you to make the change like no i'm tired of hearing that from from parents i'm tired of hearing like oh i i did this so that i i sacrificed all this so that you can be the one who gets out and you think i got the answers just because you spent more hours at work don't mean i all of a sudden just came up with knowledge on the world that's a fact we are we keep leaving it up to oh i did this so that you because they like management so that you could do that Mm -hmm. exactly because not uh, what happens is you spend these long hours at work right i'm stuck raising myself Mm -hmm. teaching myself right you know i'm stuck i'm stuck yeah you provide the food the electricity the Mm -hmm. roof over my head but academically i'm Mm -hmm. struggling alone morally i'm struggling alone because you're too tired to talk mm-hmm. to me a lot of time when you come home you know everything every conversation that a lot of black parents have with their kids yeah, with- is just about what chores and demands they're gonna give them next because they so-called they so-called which is, you know which is yes you are doing that in a sense but at the same time it takes more than just you commanding me or you showing the finger of what i'm mm-hmm. supposed to be doing what i'm not supposed to be doing it's conversation Mm-hmm. Right, because responsibility right. is more than There's just how to do the laundry. Right. Responsibility right. is more than that. Exactly, responsibility is you helping yep. me try to figure out this college application. The responsibility is you trying is you sitting down and mm-hmm. reading my homework after times, I do it. Parents only care about parents. Parents only after yeah, they don't care age, about they what you care about yeah. if you did your homework. Yeah. They don't care about looking and even over at to that see if they can help they, you. Or oh, mm-hmm. what you may have missed, or what you and could reword. Point, they don't care. Yeah. They don't care, and then be like, "Oh, why are you failing? You said that you did your homework. Yeah, I did my homework, but I did it incorrectly. Because failing doesn't mean you didn't do the work. Failing means you you also didn't do it right. But you would have known that if you wanted to like spend said, time. Which is lack why of I feel like now you like I feel like often like you you guys may be seeing it on your social media like many of your peers are now having kids mm-hmm. or people are like oh I'm having baby fever and stuff like yeah. that I feel like oftentimes people think of parenthood and having kids is like some type of uh like glorifying event in your life and then once after you have the kid it's like whatever like mm-hmm. people don't realize certain people don't realize that having a kid is a lifetime commitment mm-hmm. you have to say yes I'm going to be there for when my kid is acting up I'm going to be there for when my kid is struggling in school I'm going to treat my kid as a person as an individual and that's what a lot of parents will do like they just like oh yeah get in there go clean go do this go do that and then when you see the kid is moping around and acting funny they think oh they just acting up because they're not no what if that kid's depressed and they get bullied in school and stuff like that and you're not creating that safe environment for them to feel and like now they come to, they could come and talk to you about things like that and you know you're just brushing them off as to the side as oh this is some chore that i have I, i'm responsible for until they turn 18. no that was a child that was a beautiful thing you just brought to the world you got to respect them the same way you want to be respected because now the, during these precious times you're teaching them the the foundation of how to respect people, how they should be treated. That's why a lot of kids may they may not have low self-esteem because you don't treat them at home. So how should they expect other people outside to treat them? Like, you know? Exactly. And kid parents look at children mm-hmm. as pawns. Mm-hmm. They look at them as property instead of it's 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 toxic. I'm not property. Yes, you're my mom. But I have a right to feel sad some days. I have the right to feel tired some days. I have the right to feel stressed. Stop telling kids that they too young to be stressed when they're juggling more stuff than you are. 
in terms of due dates and things like that. I got three assignments due for one class, four assignments due for another class. Then I'm also studying for my regions. Plus I'm trying to deal with social things that's happening with myself. Plus I'm trying to deal with the fact that I'm trying to learn myself. This stuff weird happening to my body. I can't explain. I'm trying to reach out to you. I'm dealing with the stress of the fact that we don't have food on the table, just like you. I'm dealing with ways that I can try to help you, but you don't want me to help you, but you're also not helping me help myself. It's so much happening because people always, parents sometimes always feel like it's just the money that's the parenting oh i'm being a a good parent because the clothes on your back and the sneakers yes that's all very hard to provide and it's very very much appreciated because it's a lot of kids who don't have it but mama these sneakers don't make my heart or my soul feel better this shirt don't make this exam easier for me to study for like, I need you. I need you. I need you, not your wallet. Like, I need you. It's very hard, especially when you've grown up as a target in the Black community. And that's a, a reason why a lot of these kids be joining these gangs. Because the gangs give them more attention than their parents do. They got more unison and people that they can relate to than they do in their own households. And no, I'm not justifying it. I'm just saying this is the logic. You ever hear these kids be like, oh, that's my family. My the gang is my family. Yep. That's exactly what it is. And for the kids who do push through, like us, we did very, very well. And I'm proud of everybody in this in this podcast right now despite despite what we've seen what we've gone through what were some of y'all dreams and aspirations growing up my dreams bounce back and forth like at first i wanted to be a model yeah i ain't gonna be an actress i wanted to be a doctor like i wanted to be a pilot i was all over the place she said, "I'm yeah, wrong." I'm saying it's a lot. As a, mm-hmm. I, was, I mean, as a kid, I, I wanted to make music a lot. I mean, I still kind of honestly like. I'm keeping a buck. Sometimes I feel like I still don't know what I want to really do. Like you know, like I don't even know if right now if I want to still go to grad school or if I want to go to med school. Like I, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, you got nothing exactly. To tell. Right. I feel like that's another thing that like if I was if I was to tell my past self something, it would be to just calm down. Like everything will figure itself out. Well, I thank you guys for joining me in this second episode. As usual, I love you all. (laughs) And for our listeners, welcome to the Not So Safe Space, guys. And we hope you enjoyed this one. It wasn't safe for others. (laughs) It was kind of (laughs) safe.